kick on this right-hand side. Good ball it is. It's inside the barrier. Yeah. Mike Garden. It's onto the ball. The captain has headed that past the Rosenborg goalkeeper, Andre Hansen and Dundalk have the dream start here in Rosenborg. 11 minutes gone and it's Rosenborg nil. Dundalk. Over the two legs, you know, we were their equals, you know, because we were the better team in Oriel Park last week and... Uh, you know, so it's the fine margins, really. It's hard to take, I suppose, because Kilduff's chance at the end was a great effort, and if that goes the other side of the crossbar, we're all we're all celebrating. You know what I mean? So it's there's fine margins in, in these games. To go out, uh, we're very disappointed. We, we played a very good side. Welcome tonight. to the redrafted time travel version of News Talks SSE Electricity League podcast. It's kind of similar to the one we released earlier in the week. Only we're looking back on Dundalk's result instead of a head to it unfortunately it was a bad result they lost 2-1 away to Rosenberg meaning they went down 3-2 on aggregate so they're out of the Champions League Dundalk's European adventure over for this year but no shame in that considering the quality of the opposition that they were up against you heard there from John Mountney Gary Rogers and Stephen Kenny all speaking to LMFM Adrian Taft with the goal commentary for LMFM at that stage it looked like it could have been a great night but unfortunately it turned out to be a bad one now still to come, we'll hear from Stephen Bradley, the Shamrock Rovers manager, ahead of their clash with Boleslav tonight in the Czech Republic. They're 3-2 down going into that match. Also, we'll preview the Cork City game with Kevin Doherty. Now, we did that during the week, so if you've already listened to the first podcast, there's no need to listen again. Well, you can listen again, but you've already heard it. Uh, right now, though, we're going to talk to Damian Lynch, who's part of the air sports coverage for tonight's clash between Cork City and Larnaca. We're going to talk to him in detail about City and what they need to do. But first, what about Dundalk? I put it to him that, look, they were really unlucky. They gave it everything, but ultimately, they were just beaten by a better team. They came up against an extremely tough side in terms of Rosenberg. If you look at the history, um, having played over there myself and been on the end of a 4-0 thrashing once, uh, I know just know how hard it can be over there. Um, but there really wasn't much between the game, uh, between the two teams in, the, in both games. I, th- I think uh, I think Rosenberg were a better side yesterday. Uh, Dundalk had a great start to the game. If they could have just held on to half time, I know Keith, Stephen Kenny made that point. If they could have got the half time with the goal up, I think it would have been a totally different game. But they just managed to concede uh, going in on half time, which was really disappointing for them. So, yeah, very disappointing overall for, for Dundalk, given where they were last year. Knowing Stephen Kenny, they would have wanted to kick on this year in European football. But with the amount of players and top players that have left that football club this year, it's no surprise that that, that they struggled a little bit uh, just in terms of when you come come up against top-class opposition like Rosenberg. I know they're extremely disappointed. Even though I don't support Dundalk, I'm disappointed for them because I think we all got behind them in Europe and we all wanted them to do well because that was actually good for all of us. It was a good reflection on the league. But when they reflect on this maturely, do you think they look and say, well, actually... We were completely out-resourced by them in every way, shape or form. And still, we went toe-to-toe with them. Still, we could have done it. Still, we maxed out our potential. And if you do that and you still come up short, you can't complain too much. Because if you give something your best and it doesn't happen, then that's all you can ask. I totally agree with you, Oisin, in terms of... The resource that they have uh, in Dundalk Football Club versus Rosenberg, I think there's a huge like gap between what, what's invested in both football clubs and, and for, for Dundalk to get to where they are. I think a lot of it comes down to Stephen Kenny. Um, I'd certainly be one who would who would 
be voicing the opinion that he's probably one of the best managers in the league in the last you know 30 40 years just what he can get out of a group of players um and like if you think of losing three of your top players at the start, at the end of last season and having to go again and try and build on that and and then to come back into this tie and and go so close you know get it to extra time um, and even when you, when I think of the Kilduff hitting the bar, McMillan header, like there was chances to go on and win that game. And I think if they'd have got the extra goal, there's no way Rosenberg would have scored two. So, yeah, it, it, it must be absolutely devastating for Stephen Kenny. And, and I think something that Stephen Kenny will have to have a look at, you know, he can't keep doing what he's doing and, and then... Uh, expecting like I'm being happy about it you know from a, from a League of Ireland perspective you know there, there seems to be a glass ceiling there in terms of what Dundalk did last year and, and being able to sustain that over three four five years just seems very very difficult at the moment because what happens is all your top players will end up leaving uh, we saw that last year with Daryl Horgan um, among the other players who are leaving you look at Cork City now who their top players, as soon as they become uh, hit a bit of form or, or look like they're really, really top players, they end up leaving to go to Preston as well. So I think that there's a bit of a glass ceiling in League of Ireland football at the moment, and I don't, I certainly wouldn't have the solution right yeah. now in terms of how we can fix this. But um, yeah, it must be devastating for Stephen, knowing uh, that they're, they're so close, but yet it's just that little bit hard to get over the line. It's interesting that you should mention that because Alan Cawley and Richie Sadlier had that discussion post-match on RTE. Rather than talk about the actual game itself, that's what they talked about. But let me put it to you this way, Damien, right? Dundalk received huge investment last year through their run in Europe. They will have made a few quid out of this year. They would like to have made more. They would like to have progressed further. Cork City and Shamrock Rovers, and we'll get to their actual games themselves, even if they don't progress, they'll have made money out of Europe. And those are two clubs that have invested well with the little that they do have. Uh, all these clubs now have underage teams and academies and structures. Now, eventually, those three clubs, I'll include Dundalk because they seem to have a good structure now as well, better than it was. Eventually, you'll get to a point, hopefully, where they'll at the very least progress through one or two rounds in Europe per season. They'll be able to reinvest that. You'll always have standout players who move on. That happens to every football club. It used to happen to Rosenberg quite a lot back when they were in the Champions League in the 90s and 2000s. They'd get to the Champions League and then they'd lose their players. But if you have a panel of players that are collectively stronger rather than a panel of players where you have two or three really strong players a la Dundalk last year, that's the good place to be. That's where you want to be. And that's that's a possibility for League of Ireland clubs. That's what they need to aim at, aim for. And they have to look at maybe doing it themselves because no one's going to do it for them. The FAI aren't going to do it. The government aren't going to invest. So they have to develop develop it themselves. Yeah, like, I I agree with you to a certain extent, but <laughs> collectively as a group, I don't think you're going to get, you know, if you're talking about them three clubs, uh, do we have enough players in Ireland to sustain them three clubs performing in Europe at the same time, um, as well as having having a, a strong domestic league? I don't know if we do, you know, I don't know, at the moment, certainly in the current structures, I'd say no, I think we're going in the right direction on the League of Ireland uh, underage setup in terms of the league, uh, the the under-15 league, the under-17, under-19, that sort of stuff. And, and I think that's going in the right direction. But I think fundamentally these football clubs are, are still not perfect in terms of how they're being run. I, looking at Cork City, I've been spent a bit of time there this year. It seems like they've really got their house in order and, and they've got a good foundation there to kick on. And If I was to pick any county in, the, in Ireland or, or any club in Ireland, I think that's the one where they could really build something special there because they have the sustained support base that Cork could be getting six, 7,000 to a game every week if, if, if they're doing well. And, and particularly if they're getting to European football, they'll be selling out Turner's Cross every single week. But... 
I don't know, Washington. You can. We we spoke about this, yeah. and to be honest, with you, I get a bit tired talking about it at this stage. Yeah. That the the FAI won't invest, and that's fine. Like that, they they don't have the money to invest. It's disappointing, and and again, that's probably a whole other hours conversation to talk about that. But I think football clubs themselves have to take responsibility. I think when you look at what Shamrock Rovers doing, they're doing that. I think what Dundalk are doing. But I just think where it all falls down is collectively the standard across the league. If your league. If you don't have 10 to 12 top, top teams in the league that you're coming in, and I think even if you look at Cork last week against uh, AEK Larnaca, they just struggled with that little bit of competitiveness against uh, what was a, a pretty strong Cypriot side. Um, the, the Cork have been running home comfortable winners most weeks in, in the League of Ireland. When you go and play against these competitive teams, you're just coming up a little bit short. So um, I think that's one for another day, Oisin, in terms of trying to get to the bottom of this. So, uh, we, we could be here for hours talking about yeah. it. I guess the conversation does come up any time that we go into Europe and we look at the resources of teams that we're playing against from countries that should be of a similar standard. Look, you're on air sport tonight for the coverage of Cork City against Larnaca in the second leg. Cork City 1-0 down going into that game. Damien, before I get your thoughts, I want to give you the thoughts of uh, John Caulfield. This is what he's been saying about their approach to the game. We need to score, obviously, and uh, we feel we can score, but at the same time, um, we know the way they are. Obviously, with the heat, they're going to keep the ball and try and uh, make us chase our own, so we have to sort of conserve our energy and at the same time uh, prevent them from scoring early on and uh, keep ourselves in the game. Hard to argue with what John Caulfield is saying there regards the approach. No, he's right. Um they're a very good football side. Uh, one of the most unusual starting 11s I saw last week, I think they had um, seven of their starting 11 were over 30, and I think out of them, seven players, uh, six of them were, were 34, 33 and over. You know, So they're an exceptionally experienced side. A lot of them have played in the group stages of European football, very much a Spanish influence, and you could really see that because they actually surprised me last week, being honest, because that's the thing about going into European football. You just don't know how good the side you're going up against. And... They were excellent in terms of keeping the ball. They moved it really well. One thing I would say that they didn't have the cutting edge of, of like a winger breaking you open. They just their, their free flowing passing football was very good. I think the disappointing thing for John Caulfield, and I think he joined us last week afterwards on the, on the side of the pitch. Um, the fact that they conceded such a soft goal from a set piece is so frustrating because otherwise I, I didn't really see uh, Larnica cutting them open. Whilst they had a lot of possession, and, and that's probably going to happen again uh, tonight. I think Cork. Would have done, would have kept a clean sheet and gone over there, just needing a goal. That that would have been a much better uh, place. But they just need to be patient tonight. Um, I think it's going to be very hot over there. And this Larnaca side, like, don't don't underestimate them. They're an excellent team uh, with some some really good experience in there. And from what you saw last week, Cork City can improve their performance. They actually didn't play overly well. So if they play well tonight, who knows? Because Larnaca are very comfortable on the ball. They've got some good players, but they're by no means Real Madrid. No, like um, Lorraine in the middle of the park is kind of the key for him. He was the guy who got on the ball and, and played, uh, like kept him ticking over. Um, so they were, they've got some really good, tidy players, but, but you're right, Oshin, that by no means are they absolute world, world beaters. Cork were disappointing last week. I don't think they hit the, the, the levels that they have all season. But sometimes when you're coming up against someone, they're used to, to dominating games. They had a serious lack of possession. I think the key battle for me is, is the three in the midfield, Bulger, Morrissey and Buckley. Particularly uh, Morrissey and Buckley, the two of them have a lot of energy. And, and, and I think going after this side, it's going to be hot over there and you'll, they'll probably play a little bit more defensive. But I do think... Buckley and Morrissey have a real uh, opportunity tonight to like re- to, to set the tempo and, and when they when they do close down to really put them under pressure and, and put a 
once they get the ball to have a little bit more composure and, and, and get the ball up to Maguire because the one thing they do have is with Maguire up top is his last game I think um, he, he the two centre-backs just couldn't deal with him sorry the three centre-backs just couldn't deal with him last week he didn't get isolated enough in terms of um, they always put two or three players around him when he got the ball but on two occasions in particular he able he, he cut them open down the side and crossed the ball and uh, there was just no one in the, middle, in, in the middle to finish it off so I think they'll definitely have chances uh, and they can play better if they play better it's going to be a very tight game Love to see them get an early goal and see see how it goes from there. And City have paced out wide, which could be vitally important. As we saw last night, if Dundalk maybe at that just bit more pace, they could have done more damage to Rosenberg. But but City do have that pace. Absolutely. Um, like Shepard and Dooley. Dooley in particular has been excellent this season, and he's a real quality player on the ball. Um, lots of goyle has to find that pass, but. The the thing that they did, they just didn't have the ball long enough last week to get their wingers isolated to, to cause problems. I think that's the problem that they had. Um, so so I think if they can do that again, like I said, but it, in European football it can be frustrating. You, you go long spells without uh, possession, and you just have to keep a strong shape. Um, these guys will pass the ball in and out, in and out, and I think on one or two occasions they were probably up around the twenty, twenty-five, thirty passes. And if you're a fullback or if you're a midfielder and you're caught out position, you'll just get. They'll find that little ball in behind and finish uh, very well. But I think that's once you do get the ball, it's, that's when that composure has to set in. You've got the natural instinct to try and do something really quickly because you haven't had the ball. So I think what they need to do is that little bit of composure in the middle with Bulger and uh, the two lads, Buckley and Morrissey, like I said. And if they can get good quality ball out to the wingers and, and Maguire up top, I do think they can cause trouble here. Damien Lynch, thank you very much for joining us. Enjoy being part of Air Sports coverage tonight. Hopefully... We will be talking about a good night for the League of Ireland in Europe. Fingers crossed, Ashin. Damien Lynch speaking to our redrafted News Talk SSE or Tricity League podcast to take into account Dundalk's game. Obviously, the one we released earlier in the week previewed the game, but this one looks back. Uh, Time to rejoin Kevin and I now in the past. If you've already listened, as I say, earlier in the week, then you know what's coming up. You've already heard it. Stephen Bradley and a bit more on Cork City and also... We talk about Finn Harps and the great job they're doing and Paddy McCourt, how big a boost he has been to them. Uh, So by all means, listen again or for the first time. But right now, it is time to go back in time to that podcast to Kevin and I picking up on the point of Cork City. It seemed to me like Larnica just had that bit more quality than, than Hacken would have had for example last oh, yeah. year and they're meeting a team at this stage this year that are better than a team that they met at this stage last year yeah and they probably we said that last week that we knew they were going to have a bit of quality um, we mentioned about the Spanish players and stuff and the style they play but the most frustrating part of the whole thing for Cork was Cork didn't think Cork played well at all for what Cork Why had not? been capable I, I, God, I don't know like I mean I suppose they're due one no but they weren't absolutely terrible they were beaten by a very, very sloppy goal that I'm sure they'd have been disgusted about because we spoke to Mark about Dundalk conceding the set piece. It's the same. They conceded from a corner and was breaking in the box and it's known in the hole and little things that you would have worked on. So to stop these things, you don't want to be giving teams goals, particularly at this level, because any little mistake tends to be punished. But uh, the fact that they didn't play well, they still had a couple of chances. I thought Sean McGuire got in a couple of times, possibly could have went down twice I know it's the old one I shouldn't be going down but I mean I think he was fouled one they time and he stayed in his yeah of course <laughs> but well everyone would that's the whole yeah. thing you generally like you get into those positions he could have crossed the centre half twice maybe if he had went down would have got a penalty but who knows but anyway they'll have to play a hell of a lot better I think if they're going to get something out of it I still believe 
like the Dundalk thing, and even we'll talk about Rovers, the fact that the three teams are going in with, with, with a more than a fighting chance of going through, I, I, I think they can do it because I don't think they'll be as poor as they were last week. I say this before all three games, but are we taking false hope from last year? Because look at Shelburne when they did what they did. Look what look at Rovers when they did what they did in 2011. And then you put Dundalk into the mix. Yeah, It's not like we've ever backed it up year to year in no, Europe. They've always been kind of one-off yeah. successes. But the last couple of years, like Cork did well last year, Dundalk did well last year. Dundalk happened to get Vate Boris off the year before. They spoke to Mark, they got Hadjik split. Like The draw hasn't necessarily been very kind mm-hmm. to our top teams, but yeah, it hasn't happened back-to-back or two or three times in a row, maybe. But I, I don't. I think we're confident because of the score lines. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as if they were beaten two or three nil. Every team is within. Well, I know Dundalk uh, have a draw. Have a, or, uh, the tie is drawn at the moment, but the other two teams are losing. But I, I think that there's a chance. Like because of the, I don't think Cork could be as bad. I think Dundalk played really well. I think Rovers did well enough. Like, so there's always a chance. Speaking specifically about Cork City, because we've already focused on Dundalk yeah. and we will focus on Shamrock Rovers, the fact that it's Kevin O'Connor and Shawnee Maguire's last ever game for the club, is that a factor? I don't think so, no. I think, no. look, I, they played their last league game the other day and they won. Out in Bray, the professional footballers, they're going to move on. It's been coming a long time. Like, as far as like the Stephen Gerrard, when, when he was leaving, every game was his last this, his yeah. last game, home game, his yeah, last away game. I mean, this, is, this a is a massive last game. game. It'll be... I, the thing about those two lads in particular, they've been doing so well, I don't think that they'll want to throw anything extra in because they've been giving it everything anyway in the first place and been playing What about really the others well. in the team? Will that raise them? I don't even know though they've been going well as well? I don't think so. It's like, if you don't only get... Be, or if you're not raised for this game, like I mean, because the players are leaving, I don't think that would have any effect on the players, to be honest. What about last week? They just didn't perform against Larnica. Yeah, I was flat. I watched it. So, so how did they learn from that? How did they correct that? Well, they just have to... Tempo and stuff has to be a lot better. Like... Again, we spoke about the the style of the Cypriots last week, and they wouldn't be as fast paced uh, the tempo of the game, and that's where I think Cork need to get at them a bit more, be around them a bit more, be in their faces a bit more. They have the be players a bit more Irish, essentially. Yeah, like press, I mean, as we well, say you can now. be a bit more Irish and you can yeah. still play good football, which yeah. they have been doing all year because the fundamentals of the game don't change. You have to get the ball back when you don't have it, and because just because they're com- comfortable in possession, it means you might have to get in their faces a little bit more. The likes of Bulger and whatever getting what he does. Most weeks. And does John have to tweak the formation a bit? I don't think so. I think it's been working for him. And I think, look, Barron, sloppy goal, didn't play great. And then, obviously, a couple of half chances. Like, if one of those chances goes in, different game. Prediction? I think they go through. I hope you're right. Alex Neal, the Preston manager, was on Off the Ball over the weekend. He spoke to Nathan Murphy about Shawnee Maguire and Kevin O'Connor. Of course, when they signed, Grayson was in charge, yeah. Simon Grayson. But now it's Alex Neal. And Nathan was talking to him about them signing for one manager and then having to play under another. In terms of players coming into a club, generally it's never just one person's decision. Mm. You know I mean, so so it's the club that signed them. It's not necessarily Simon or anyone else that's been previously. Um, obviously, Simon would have played a big part in that. But um, the club have wanted these players. Simon would have been involved in the process, um, as I'll be with any players that do come in. Um, so, so, no, the fact is... They're good young players. They've got a lot of potential, um, and the, the best part of their careers are ahead of them. So, as a coach coming into that, I don't think you can really ask for any more, you know, because they're young, they're impressionable, and you can teach them everything that you know and, and get hopefully the best out of them. 
Yeah, what have you made of Daryl Horgan in particular in the uh, 10 days or so you've had with him? Yeah, really, really eager to learn. You know, extremely hard working. He's one of the lads that once you finish training, he just keeps wanting to stay out um, and wants to do more and more and more. So, to be honest with Daryl in particular, it's about keeping the reins on him and making mm. sure that he doesn't tire himself out. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge I've had so far with Daryl. It's the club that signed the players, not the manager. I'm sure he's genuine about that, but if you're Shawnee and Kevin, surely you're thinking, well, it's the manager who generally leads the decision. It's the yeah. manager who generally says, look, this is who I want, and then the club agree with him who he wants. Yeah, so or that, it can that, be a committee, or it can be whatever yeah. way, but... But ultimately, they are not manager. Alex Neal's signings. The, whoever, whoever it is signs the players doesn't pick the team. That's the reality of it. So, I mean, if he obviously Simon Grayson really, really liked the two boys. Look, I'm sure to go over and, and impress, and like you said about Daryl Horgan, the under already some, and, and and every player has to do it to, for, for a new manager. But there is, it's like to I me, mean, for whatever reason, he mightn't take a fancy. I'm like different people have different opinions. Managers have different play, opinions on players. Some players excel under different managers. Look, hopefully they do, but. He's saying there about there's not it's not one person and, and it's not but generally it's the manager that, that signs the player and whoever he wants as you say they go and, and try and get. So it puts a bit of uncertainty in the situation for Shawnee and Kevin and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing it might actually turn out to be a good thing but but it's it's not a help when they're making this giant move. No because you don't know what Simon Grayson could have told it to them like I'm telling you it's 100% you're going to start and you're going to get it straight into my team or whatever now we probably did but I'm sure there would have been certain assurances and certain um, visions that Simon Grayson would have had for them. So obviously they they I think they met Alex Neal last week they were down in Cork and would have spoke to him or whatever but he probably doesn't know much about them. Like he spoke to people that watched him. He went to, in fairness, he went to the European game, I think, the other night and had a look at them. Wasn't their best every game, but look, I'm sure they'll have plenty of time to impress them. They're good players, so you would think no matter who the manager is at, at this level, they'd, they'd know enough to say the two of them are good players and, and hopefully he'll be able to help them progress. The two of them worked hard in that game and it wasn't Cork City's best night, so yeah. that's probably a positive that even though Cork City didn't play particularly well, he would have seen a good attitude from them and a bit of skill as well. I saw Shawnee beat one or two players. Oh, Sean, did, yeah, again, like, and don't get me wrong, they weren't terrible the other night. They just went, didn't hit the heights that they they had hit in the last round and and in in the league. But then, in, in fairness, them they go out down to Bray and they and they go and win as well. So so they bounce back. And you talk about work rate. You see, Sean McGuire playing a diag on the edge of the at the edge of the halfway line. Gets goes out to I think it was Shepherd and then he's in the box to finish it. So like I mean, work rate certainly not a problem for him. Kevin O'Connor's up and down there so much. Dooley talking him O'Connor up and down. He will have seen that work rate and given the the league and the the tough league that the championship is, it's certainly one of the main attributes that you have to have is to be able to work hard and, and try and dig out certain situations, which they did. In fairness to them, they tried, but it just wasn't to be that they'd get the result. Regards the circumstances changing when you're moving clubs, have you ever experienced anything like that? I'm trying to think. Um, no, no, I, I haven't signed for a, a club and then the manager changes. Funny, it's got going back. The closest I came was when I was going to Liverpool at the first place when I was younger. Mm. Um, Roy Evans was the one that signed me, and then within three months, he was joint manager with Jared oh, yeah. Hulier. And then I haven't said I got well with Hulier, so it was grand, but uh, that's what I'm trying to think. I don't think that, that ever happened to me over here anyway. Have you ever signed? Did you sign players for Shells and then leave shortly after? Yeah, I did, yeah. Like, like, did you feel? Did you feel? And I'm going to be blunt on this. On. Did you feel that when you were leaving, and obviously you left for genuine reasons, yeah. but did you feel you were kind of leaving them down, or did you get the feeling that they thought you were leaving them down? A little bit. I, f- I felt that I had like I signed a couple of pairs the week before I left, yeah. and th- I just I had my own reasons for leaving and stuff. But 
uh, I did explain to them the situation, and they were all, look, they were just, and in fairness to the vast majority of the lads, I'm sure the lads that weren't in the team weren't too disappointed to see me go, but the other, the rest of the lads were, that's the, the way yeah. it is, like, you know. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it is tough, and look, it happens all the time, and it's something that managers do, and I'm sure even for instance I don't know but like Simon Grayson could have been given it the one about loyalty to some of his players and you need to stay here and don't be thinking of going to the yeah. next level and then he's forced you <laughs> I'm know. gone and I'm taking McGeady with me although McGeady wasn't yeah, a player but still but like, yeah. like, and look, and look that generally that's what, what people will do managers will will be on about as I say loyalty and stuff and, and then the first chance they get for a better job they, they'll go themselves and guys generally understand because they understand that while it's a team sport it's the nature of it. Of it's the game. also an incredibly yeah. individual sport. Yeah, and it's the na- and particularly on the, on the coaching and managing side of it. Like, there's not, I mean, there's probably thousands of players in England. There's not that many managers and coaches. Only ninety two clubs. When you think about it, like, so. Did you ever get the you have to stay loyal chat and then the guy moves on? Um, I got. I was disappointed by a couple of lads that moved on, but again, what disappointed you? As in, sorry, players that you were managing. Players that managers? I was okay. Players that I was managing that I maybe w- would have wanted to sign back and stuff, like. You're trying to, because it's not as if I was able to pay them loads of money. So yeah. that was always the the big thing with me. Like you lost a couple of players to Premier Division clubs. There's nothing you can do. And I mean, yeah. you're trying to convince them. And in fairness, they're usually all right. Now, look, I'd love to stay, but I have to do this for whatever my career, my family. In some cases, like you know, yeah. because they might be able to get a better contract. Well, they would have been able to get a better contract most of the places. In fairness to them, so like yeah, it, it, it is tough. And particularly when you're building the plan, and you think of a vision of the next season, and we're going to play this way, and then maybe couple of weeks before the season someone comes in for one of your players and there's not much you can do yep. Shamrock Rovers manager Stephen Bradley welcome to News Talks SSE or Tricity League podcast um, the, the the negative obviously last week was that you lost 3-2 the positive is that you showed you can score goals and that's a positive you've got to cling on to heading over to the Czech Republic for the second leg yeah I think um, like you said we were disappointed to concede three goals because we've been defending really well of late and and um, Watched a lot of their games, recent games, and we knew where they were dangerous and, and where they were trying to hurt us, you know. So it was disappointing to concede uh, the three goals, but look, uh, like you said, lots of positives to take from the game. We scored two two good goals and, and maybe should have had one or two more in terms of the chances we created. So uh, it's positive going over there, obviously, knowing we, we can score score goals against them and, and we create chances against them. We, we obviously need to tighten up at the back, but uh, we know we can go and score. What was it about the defending that you weren't so pleased about? What are the things that you want to tighten up on? I just felt we left ourselves too open in, in transition to defend, and I, I felt uh, it's, um, it's uh, an area of the game that they're really strong, and uh, they've shown that in all the games they've played. That they they sort of allow you to play to set traps for you to go and hurt you uh, when you when you're in possession, and and we knew that, and and, and that was the disappointing bit that we knew, and we worked on it, and we watched them, and uh, and we and we fell into that trap once or twice, and, and got punished. So uh, it's an area again we looked at this morning as a group, and and, and we know we can we can do better in that that area. Stephen, how are you, Kev? Kev, how are you? How are you? You're just looking at the, I only saw the highlights of the game, and um, I know we've we've been talking about them a lot the last couple of weeks, but Graham Bork, obviously the two goals were, particularly the first one, were brilliant goals, but. Earlier on the season, he he had a couple of send off and stuff, and you seem to deal with that situation very well. And he's come back and and looking like he's really repaying you now, and he looks like a really really good player for you. You sort of have a more of a settled midfield now, I'd say. Looking at the the three of them, and he seems to be doing really really well. Yeah, look, I, I think um, a lot was made obviously of Graham sending yeah. off, and 
uh, and rightly so the second one especially because it was uh, it was very silly of him and, and he knew that at the time the, the thing for me was when it, when it happened was I, I, I fully understand Graham's personality and his character and I knew uh, he, he's a good person, like, you know, and he, yeah. he just had a, had a moment of madness, and and straight away he he knew he'd done wrong, and, and apologised to the group and, and to myself and the staff. So I, I knew that was, we just needed to get him focused again and get him right, like you know. And, and once he did that, I thought he, he can produce uh, moments of magic uh, like he did the other night, like you know. There's there's not many players like him that have played in this league that that can uh, influence a European game like he did the other night, like you know. He, uh, he's so clever and so calm in position. He's so technically good as well. Even look, going back to that first goal he scored, the bit of movement from the throw in, and then the touch. The touch was the best part for me. The finish was obviously unbelievable, yeah. but the touch just to take it inside and have that strike. As you say, there's not many people in the league that can that can do that. But playing with the likes around him, Fame beside him, Connolly playing in behind, maybe a little bit behind him. How are they? They're um, influencing his, his play. Are they talking to him? I'm sure Ronan Finn has played in these games for the last God knows how many years. So yeah. I'm sure having the likes of him with that European experience is massive for you. Yeah, it is. It's, it's big for us. You know, I think Ronan's touching on 31 or 32 European games, which is which is frightening. Yeah. That. Like, you know, it shows how, how good of a player he's been over the years and, and he still is, you know. So um, it, it's massive to have him, him in there, you know, helping the group, with the young group in terms of actually playing together and especially in terms of playing in Europe. So have him and Ryan sitting behind Graham is, is great. But like you said, uh, when you have Graham in the right frame of mind, like he is right now, he's on it. And, uh, I agree with you. The touch the other night was, was different class. He, yeah, that was he the just uh, out of the yeah. and, and set himself up to hit the second one. So he's uh, no, he, he's a special talent, you know, and we just need to, to keep him focused and, and uh, keep him fit. And, and, uh, I'm sure he's, he produced a lot more moments like that like you know yeah well as I said you obviously managed the situation very well but just looking at the other end of the pitch um, the, the, the last round the, the, the 1-0 uh, victory at home when I was looking at uh, Roberto Lopez and we had spoken here about him before and he played in midfield and he played centre half I thought he was absolutely brilliant in that mm-hmm. uh, your home victory would you be would you be thinking of it I know you have to mix and match look I know myself I've done it myself but I thought he really really excelled at centre half in, in that game and I know you can end up going on the second leg or the, the next round and conceding a couple of goals. I don't think he was yeah. directly involved in any of that. But I, I thought he was, a, as Ushin said about people were saying he was leaving balls and going through overs and is he good enough for overs or whatever. But I certainly didn't think that, having played against him myself with Shells and looking yeah. at him last week, I think I, I think he could be a real leader for you in there as well. Yeah, no, I agree, Kevin. I, I think um, for me, the question of was he good enough for overs wasn't even a question in my mind. No. Like, you know what, like you said, from playing against him and as a player and then your team's playing against him as a manager yeah. you knew that he's one of the top players you play against in terms of he's always there like you know, he's a leader he's a leader of men he's, it's a natural thing he has and, and I felt we that's an area we need to prove as a group and he, he's brought that to us like you know and I think um, he obviously came as a midfielder and we sat down and spoke and moved him back centre back and no complaints no problem uh, we knew it would take a bit of time for him to understand the position and learn it again and he, and he has, and he's just, uh, he's led by example. Uh, since he's gone back there, I think he's been outstanding. Like, you know, he's quick, he's strong, he's athletic, and, and uh, he wants to defend, which which is rare now in, in defenders. He attacks <laughs> a, defend. in, in both boxes as well, in fairness, and he gets the odd goal as well, which can be, which particularly if such tight ties, you might get a, a set piece or whatever, and, and he, he's very good at attacking set pieces as well. Yeah, no, he is. He's a, he's a real danger. And the thing is, like it's like he wants to defend. 
uh, like it means something to him when he goes yeah. for set plays. He wants to go and attack the ball. I think some players go up just to go up and make up the numbers. Uh, Roberto goes up to actually make an impact in both boxes. Like you know, so he's uh, he's been really really good for us since he came in, and you'd only get better with the more games he plays in that position. Like you know, he's only playing there. I think now maybe. Uh, seven weeks so like he's only going to get stronger as, as the season goes like you know Stephen regards your approach to this game obviously you have to score a couple of times but can you approach a game like that or do you just have to approach it like a normal game of football a one-off game that you just have to win and hope that you can win by enough yeah look I think we just I, I always felt we were going to have to score over there to win this toy even before the ball was kicked I knew I knew they were dangerous enough to go and score goals or on Tala or over there so I knew we'd have to go and score and so it doesn't change anything. Anything we've got to go and do. What we can't go and do is go and uh, be open in the first 10, 20, 30 minutes. You know, we've got to play the game. We've got to be clever, manage it. Because we've shown already against them that we can score goals and create a lot of chances on top of that. So um, we, we'll, we'll do that over there. We'll go and create chances. But we've got to be uh, very clever and manage the game really well defensively. And what's the talk among the lads ahead of this? Now look, the lads know what we're up against now, which always helps. They've obviously played against them. We've watched the video back and and they know exactly how they're going to play and, and we know that they're a good side and we respect them. But obviously, we, we know we can go and hurt them. Like like I said, we scored two and created four really good chances. And on another night, one of them goes in, two of them goes in and, and it's a different game. So, like I said, they, they understand and respect what we're up against, but they also know we can go and cause them issues. Stephen, the very best of luck and uh, hopefully you can come away from the Czech Republic with a positive result and hopefully you will be in the third round along with uh, Cork City and hopefully there will be progression for all three Irish clubs in Europe this week. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks very much. Thank you. Kev, I'm very conscious that all we've done over the last couple of weeks is talk about Europe. Now, actually last week we did have a good piece with Casey McQuillan, the Kilkenny United manager on their first ever win in the Continental Tires Irish Women's National League it probably got a bit consumed by the European thing and everything is being consumed by the European thing do you think players from outside of the European competing clubs get really annoyed with that do you think fans get annoyed or do they just accept that clubs are in Europe and they're going to get the attention and that's that no I think the more successful they are you're going to get more attention like it's the same in any sport um, was a player himself and manager, coach, whatever. I would have no issues with that. As I said to you before, I think any, well, I won't say any publicity is good for the league. Obviously, the last few weeks have probably told us it hasn't been, mm-hmm. but. Playing <laughs> at loan. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say that. But uh, I think that the more publicity, the more coverage, the better they do, the more they yeah. progress, it's better for the league. So, like, as look, I said, it wouldn't bother me and it doesn't bother the, the me. The rising tide lifts all boats. Right, okay. Um, what I would do want to talk about is two things. Finn Harps and St. Pat's we'll start with Finn Harps because yeah. they're looking very very good a great result at the weekend 2-1 against Bowes yeah great result um, I think look, we, I know it's been said a lot of the times even though he, he, he certainly won't admit it himself but Ollie's done a great job mm. over the I think he must be there 4 or 5 years now getting them promoted in the first place staying up and looking like at the moment that they could stay up again has he ever given himself a compliment in no, that time I don't think he I has I think he only tends to give compliments when they actually lose it's when they win that he, he, <laughs> he seems to like to play them down, and then Ollie, and you look, won five nil. Tell me how you're feeling. Ah, we were lucky. It's worth it. It's working though. Yeah, and and look, and look, I I managed again. So it's funny, you know, we, we I remember beating him in in Talca Park, and he was honest to us. And he came out to me and says he's much better than us. We were brutal. The user are better, and like he's just generally like that. It's not an act. I don't think. I just think he he is like that. In but fairness, sometimes to him. if you're that honest and open, players don't get on board with it. But he seems to have got his players well, on board. Whatever he's doing, like I mean, we don't know what's going on in the dressing room. I mean, he yeah. could he could. 
being there saying, look, I'm saying this and I'm saying that, but I want okay. you to know how confident I am in you. I believe in you and all this type of stuff. And you do that sometimes. You, you put out a different message than what you're actually giving to the players. In sport, it can be hard to pick and choose your games, but they seem to actually have a nice balance of they know what games they're capable of getting results out of and they tend to get results out of those games. Yeah, well... And, and losing then heavily away from home against the likes of Cork City... Shamrock Rovers, etc., doesn't seem to bother them. Yeah, but you see, I mean, if they went down to Cork and drew, say, and then came up and drew against Bowes, they only get two points. Yeah, they go down and get beaten by Cork, and they and, and they concentrate more on the on the Bowes game. I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but like, it was always you get three points. Obviously, it was always the the old cliche. It's a hard place to go going up to Finn Harps, and they certainly have made it. That they they're they're getting really big results at home. I have to say, the signing of Paddy McCourt has been like revelation there was no real surprise that he was going to be really really talented it was just get, getting him fit and keeping him fit and playing him and watching the influence he has on games he, he seems to be really reveling it up there I'm sure they love him everyone I'm sure it's bringing they were crowds they were talking about crowds and that like I'm sure people are going to see him playing do you think other managers regret not getting him on board even if they were to only get a cameo off him because he's that good that if you stuck him on for 10-20 minutes he would affect a game. He'd make something happen. Yeah, well, look, you don't know the personal circumstances and he w- if he wanted to stay. There was probably teams in the Irish League and then the likes of Derry. Was, there was talk of him going back to Derry at the time, but certainly he's been massive. Like the influence he has on the on the, on the team, he, even against Dundalk, they were well beaten by Dundalk, but he puts, I can't remember who yeah. it was, through for a, a Should have had a couple pass. of penalties Penalty, in that that's game. That's the yeah. one I'm thinking of. And then the goal, Houston's goal the other night, passed, sent uh, the right back, I think it was Casey, went, sent out, uh, the wrong way and played it straight through and they went and went and scored and his influence is massive on the team keeping him fit now hopefully yeah. keeping fit for the rest of the season the weird thing is is because the European teams are on TV a lot more even in, in the domestic league we know a lot more about them so I really want to talk about Drogheda at some stage yeah, yeah. but I've only seen them once and that was the 4-0 loss to Cork City or was it 4-0 anyway it was, it was a hammering at home yeah, yeah it was a few. hammering at home uh, Finn Harps will be one of those teams I've only seen them a couple of times and they've both been away from home when they were well beaten um, and the reality is they don't, yeah. the teams at the bottom of the team don't, or the league don't tend to be on the telly as much yeah. as, as the other teams which yeah. is St. Pat's who are in a relegation fight will be on TV against Bray in a couple of weeks and I want to say two things about St. Pat's. One, fair play to them for taking Pieta House so as their shirt yeah, sponsors. Very, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah Pieta House do great work. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And they're they're well worth they're well worth researching and 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 uh, looking up. Uh, and apparently, a bookmaker wanted to get the shirt sponsorship. And oh, Pat's right. went with Pieta House. Well, look, that's yeah. very. We've seen uh, Barcelona doing it over years with, with UNICEF and stuff. Yeah. So it's a it's a massive. They've a wee thing bit more cash than St. Pat's. A little Pat's. bit more. Yeah. yeah, just about a few more players as well. Um, you saw them last week get, saw, get a win uh, against uh, Derry a couple, I saw them a couple of weeks ago yeah. I've, seen, I've seen them two or three times yeah. and I've been, I've been saying I think I said it here a few times this result has been coming they were they were going to yeah. get that win and then for Pat's sake hopefully it'll kick them on they've been playing really well for 45 minutes of games yeah. Like oh, even the previous game against Cork they went should have went one up within 20 seconds and who knows what happens mm. that's the one uh, Garmin gets sent off in they only lose 1-0 take the positive out of that going into Derry Go go behind, which is a bit of a uh, question for them. That are they able to to step up and get back in? And fair play to them, they did. Signed the big centre half, big Dutch lad, supposed to be very good. Seeing just the clips of him, good sign and seems to be. We spoke about Garvin, spoke about Killian Brennan. So things seem to be certainly going in the right way for them now. Okay, Kevin, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you are listening to the first draft, then you've heard a preview of the Dundalk game. If you're listening to the second draft, then you've heard the review of the Dundalk game. Hopefully, by late Thursday night, we'll have three teams in the next round of the Champions League stroke 
Europa League. Kevin, how can people send their abuse to you? I'm at KevDoc5. And you can get me on at Hoshin Langan. We will talk to you next week. Take care. Good luck. Cheers. Good luck.